This is an ABC podcast. Hello. Okay, so the universe is really looking out for the hookup lately because we've been so blessed to chat to some really incredible people. In the same week that I spoke to Angela White and Esther Perel, if you haven't already listened, uh, definitely listen to those episodes. You can find them in your feed. I also spoke to TikToker Harrison Kefford. So Harrison lives with a chronic illness. He has something called Crohn's disease and it's completely impacted him for years, physically, emotionally and mentally. And Crohn's disease is something that, you know, impacts everyone differently. But for Harrison, he got so sick that his doctor suggested surgery to get a stoma bag. Uh, Don't worry, he'll explain everything for you in the chat. But yeah, Harrison's first thought was literally holy shit, no one is ever going to want to have sex with me again. Well, fast forward a year, he's now living his best dating life and he's a huge advocate for raising awareness on TikTok on what it's like living with a stoma bag, especially when it comes to sex. Uh, His TikToks have gone viral and he's gaining such a huge following at the moment and it's just really resonating with so many people who also have Crohn's disease or living with a disability or maybe their partner is or they just love Harrison just like I do. I came across his TikToks and yeah, just was obsessed with how candid he is about sex. And I just thought, okay, this guy is the perfect person for the hookup. We love anyone who's happy to break down stigmas and doesn't hold back from having those convos about sex that, you know, some people find really awkward. And so, yeah, in this chat, he does exactly that. We talk about some of his hardest days um, dealing with Crohn's disease, his journey with the surgery, what it was like dating for the first time after getting the stoma bag, you know, and telling people and having sex as well. And yeah, it's a really, really interesting chat. And I think that I think that you'll learn so much from it, just like I did. So enjoy. For anyone listening who has no idea, what is Crohn's disease? Crohn's disease is one of two forms of IBD. So people can often think, like they hear the word like IBD and they're like, oh, IBS. Yeah, what is and IBD? It's a it's a disease, two forms, like uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. And I don't want to say one is worse than the other, but I suppose, because I know people that have UC that are definitely suffering incredibly. But if you want to get one or the other, you probably want to get UC, not Crohn's. I have Crohn's, but I've never met um, another person that has the same form of Crohn's as me because everyone's bodies are different, right? And just where my Crohn's affects me, um, I had to have my colon removed because like, the Crohn's over a period of five years completely fucking destroyed my colon to the point where I was on five different treatments um, over a period of five years. And like one was working for like a year and a half and then one was only working for like six months and stuff like that. And we couldn't find one that worked for me. And the re- end result was like we could keep trying biological treatments, but I didn't want to go down that route because my I was like mentally exhausted, physically exhausted and just like the hope of every single time that you get a treatment option, it's like, yeah, this one's going to work for you. And look, it could have worked, but I don't know. I have I have a few other friends that have Crohn's and I've met other people that have Crohn's and some people don't get to five. Some people just get to two or three and they're like, let's just go have surgery. So. You said that it affects everyone differently. How does it affect you? What is your, What are some of the things that you have to, you experience day to day? I would wake up every single, like just to give you like a general rundown, like I'd wake up and like as soon as I woke up, I'd be like, okay. I need to go and eat food right now because if I don't eat food right now, I probably won't eat lunch and I probably won't have any like any snacks because my body will just, whether it's like a mind thing or my gut, will just be like, 
if you eat this, you're probably going to go shit your pants or something like that. And then I'd be like, okay, so after I've done that, I'm going to have a shower. Because if I don't have a shower, I'm not going to feel like I'm going to want to have, have a shower later because I'm just going to be so exhausted. And then it's like getting in my car. I'd be like, so I need to make sure where I'm going. I need to know where the toilet is. Because if I don't know where the toilet is, there's a very real chance that like if I eat something and I'm, when I'm out or I'm drinking or something like that, then I could soil myself, which is disastrous. And it's happened not a lot, but it's happened a couple of times. Um, which is quite embarrassing. And I, as I said before, like relating to other, some other people, but like most people with IBD in some capacity have felt like they're either going to shit their pants or they have shit their pants. So it's not like just a one-off thing for me, but I suppose for me, yeah, it happened a few times and I was, I lost a lot of weight. I, I was like less than 60 kilos for like a period of like five years. I think anyone looked at me and they'd be like, you probably weigh like around 70. I'd be like, no, like if you look at me, get a good look at me. Um, I, you can see like, you could see like my ribs and things like that lack of sleep i wouldn't be able to sleep properly i have to be like heavily medicated with like everything that i do and when i say heavily medicated it was to do with things like taking steroids and um and that's called prednisolone and prednisolone long term is like disastrous for your body to the point where i've now been diagnosed with like a form of osteoporosis so someone at my age getting osteoporosis is um it's not rare because there are people like younger than me too that are diagnosed with osteoporosis but like i've been diagnosed with osteoporosis because for like years and years and years, um, whether it was my doctor telling me to take the prednisone, it was me just being like, I'm going to take this now because I know like if I take this, I can go out and join myself with friends or at a, at a gig and I can go drink alcohol and I won't have to wake up and feel like there is a pen pushing out of my gut, you know? It it's just scary. sounds so exhausting. It, it, I think so exhausting. Your whole mental, your whole day. It's a whole thing. It's, yeah. it's, I've never met someone with Crohn's or IBD that, that isn't just both physically and more so mentally exhausted because it is like a debilitating, life-changing disease. Tell us about the surgery. What? How did you get to that point and what was the surgery? Okay, so I have an ileostomy and a subtotal colectomy. And for anyone out there that doesn't have a stoma or... For you looking yeah, at me. Yeah, I'm like, they, <laughs> what the fuck they is are that? Smart words. <laughs> they are smart words that yes. I do not know. <laughs> and here, and here's my thing is like, I I don't know the, dic- the dictionary definition, but here's what it looks like for me. And um, so from November, I went and had a colonoscopy, which is like a routine like scope where they stick a little camera up your butt and have a look at stuff like that. And I've had scopes before, and um, they've been they've never really gotten the camera up that far because my insides have just been so inflamed, and um, if they've if they put the camera up the wrong way or something like that, then it could perforate things, which is disastrous. Um, but he's, yeah, so the guy that did my colonoscopy was my surgeon that did the surgery. And the reason for that is like, if he was going to go do the surgery, then he wanted to have a really good look rather than my gastroenterologist. Then um, I woke up from the colonoscopy and he comes in as the doctors do. And he's like, all right, well, we're going to do the surgery. And I'm like, oh, really? I don't get to like, you know, talk about this. He's like, well, I think it's best if we do the surgery. And I'm like, Oh, right. So he sits down next to me and he starts writing all this stuff down and he goes, so when do you want to go in? And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe two months. He's like, nah, two weeks. What? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, like this, I think we need to do this in two weeks. And this was at the time when COVID was still going around and hospital system was all still crazy and things like that. And um, I've heard disaster stories of people overseas and they have like no choice and they just have to go in and get it done now and sort of thing. And um, so whenever someone asks me, like, did you have a choice with this? I'm like, well, yes and no, but yeah. So I had two weeks just to mull this over my head and didn't feel like two weeks. It, it probably was like less than two weeks. And in between that, like period of him walking out the colonoscopy and having the surgery, all I could really do was just like, 
I was in like this fight or flight mode trying to figure out like, how is this going to look for me? Like trying to answer all these questions myself. Like, what am I going to do when like the girl pulls down my pants or I pull down my pants and there is this bag there? Like what? That was like literally the first thought. And I was like, holy shit. No one is ever going to want to have sex with me ever again. No one is ever going to want to date me again. Um, all these sort of things. And I was already doing TikTok and things like that at that point. And um, I was, I, I, I don't know how I really got through those two weeks, but somehow I did. And we're here now and um, I'm a lot more happier. And yeah, the surgery itself was painful and, and complex and scary. But I don't know, I feel like I had a choice and I didn't have a choice. And I think I've made the right decision, I suppose. But upon reflection... I probably did make the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard, especially when things are like already done. You kind of, your your brain just goes, no, it was it was the best thing for me. Because it's like, what what else are you supposed to say? Live in regret? You can't. Um, and so what is, the, what is the day-to-day like of having a stoma bag now? Like what yeah. does that entail? I, I no longer have any function of my butt at all. Like no function at all. I have no control over it and nothing comes out of my butt at all. So everything... That was previously coming out of my butt in terms of farts. So you don't fart poo. anymore? Well, I still do, but I have no control over oh. how I'm doing it. And that's what that filter is for. So like it, it, it like it's, it's like a charcoal filter. Yeah. And it, it basically functions in like it makes things smell better than yeah. Fart, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a chat about... Um, we we're talking about normalizing girls doing poos yes, with that yeah. TikTok. <laughs> we had this chat last week and we spoke about um, charcoal. I didn't know, but they put charcoal in plane seats. Really? Yeah, because everyone farts and obviously you can't. Okay, that makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, because you're if you're like on a long haul flight yeah. and everyone's just farting, like you. I'm gonna just... get on my. I'm gonna get on my plane next week and be like, I, I want charcoal, please. <laughs> I want to make sure my seat is charcoal. But yeah, like. The, the, that filter's there, but um, yeah, I wake up in the morning and I suppose I empty the farts out of my, my bag because my stoma, I have no control over it. Yeah. Like I can't sit here and be like, and yeah. try and push out like yeah, a normal yeah, person. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I don't control. That's why the bag's there because if I had, if I could control, then I could put something little, like a little cap over it, right? Well, I guess it's like a catheter in a way, right? It's I suppose, like yeah. when you are peeing, you have no control. It just mm-hmm. happens. Um, and so you just my, watch it go in. Yeah. So my stoma just like overnight, um, cause I'm asleep. Um, it just fills up with like fart mm. and a uh, gas and, and poo. And if that's the first thing I do in the morning is I, I get up and techni- sometimes I don't because I'm like, I can, I can just go have breakfast and then yeah. all sort of thing. But like, generally speaking, the bag is like literally like a whoopee cushion. Yeah. Like you could like, if, if someone popped it, it would like explode. Can it pop? Yeah. Has it popped? Not for me. Okay. You technically call that like a leak when like, and, le- and leaks can happen where you haven't sealed like the... Like the the adhesive, yeah. the plate hasn't like stuck down properly or something like that, or for some reason the bag's got a hole in it or something like you just don't know, and um, yeah, it can explode and things like that. But they're actually really robust and really sturdy, like you'd hope so. Like the yeah, yeah, medical products, you know. Harrison, you mentioned before that your first thought when you were going to have the surgery and the stoma bag was dating and sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. Let's chat about some of your experiences. Yeah. Maybe... My favourite subject. Yeah, and that's why your TikTok <laughs> is so great. Um, you know, hence why you're here yeah. and we found you and, you know, it's the hookup. But um, how did you start navigating your love life after getting the surgery? Uh, did you get on dating apps? Like, what Yeah, was... not, not immediately. Yeah. Um, I think the unique position that I'm in in having a platform on TikTok is, like, you can reach millions of people, and I do reach millions of people, um, and millions of people will see you. And I always have my Instagram in like my bio so people can 
DM me, things like that. Oh, you're just waiting for the DMs. You're no. like, yeah, yeah. No, I have this theory that like we don't need dating apps because Instagram is just a dating app. It basically is. It's and I think a TikTok, app. you know, and it's funny. I had I posted a TikTok the other day. Like, you know, there's a slideshow feature on TikTok now where you can post pictures and it like, yeah. And I posted my pro- my Hinge profile on there and like it went viral sort of thing. Um, but I didn't go on dating apps straight away. And I think it was like, I need to get healthy. I need to get more accustomed to my body and just like, you know that saying like, you can't love someone else until you lo- you love yourself sort of thing. And it's like, yeah. as cheesy it sounds, I feel like I needed to just adjust yeah. that mentally. Yeah, I think you, I think I just had to like throw myself out there and put and just like get over that like hurdle. And there are a few hurdles with things. And, and and probably most people already know. Like it's not a conversation you need to have about like, hey, by the way. Well, I mean, I think as I said, I'm in like a unique position where like, I think most people do that, like the social media stalk and all yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. If you want to know about me, I have like, a profile, you know, you can come and find me and stuff like that. And I think the the first date I went on, the girl definitely knew on on the date. It only came up in conversation like once, and it wasn't even like she pried it out of me. It was more just like very casual conversation, and just come up, and she was so chill. And um, I don't think it didn't work out because of the stone bag. It was just for some reason just two different people. Sort yeah, of stuff. normal dating. Yeah, normal you know? dating like, stuff. You know, outside of that, I have never had any issues, and it's kind of crazy me reflecting on now, being like, why did I stress so much about some girl being put off by it? You know. I've only been on three, like three, not three dates, but like date, seen three people in that time, that space. Well, four, if, you, if I'm technically speaking about this other girl, but we won't go on. Ah, <laughs> I know those feelings. Uh, but, uh, I know that vibe. Uh, it's like, oh, they don't even deserve a story. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, three, three people, I suppose. And one of the, not, not one of them at any point has, have ever felt like they've been put off by it. Like definitely not. Um, so you were worried about sex as well mm-hmm. has like has that happened and yeah. what 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 was that experience like is it a similar thing where you're like why was i so fucking worried about that? literally yeah. why was i so fucking worried about it you know what it's cool i i said to my friend paula who has, who has a bag as well like it feels like you have your v card again the first time she's like yeah you know what it kind of does doesn't it and i'm like yeah it's very it's very weird to somewhat you know experience your first time again but in a way it was like that and i I I don't know if I can give a play by play because I, I you absolutely can. Uh, it's the hook up. <laughs> so like I remember the first time uh, I won't I won't name a girl, but we were sitting on the couch and it went to the like the bedroom and I remember there was like something that flicked into me and I'm like okay this just feels normal again. It doesn't feel like she's gonna be like oh the bags there. You know what I mean? I think prior to like the couch to the bedroom I was like Fuck, like how, what am I gonna do? Like what what if the bag hits her leg or like. You know, what if it hits her face or like, you know, something like, it's really, you know, and it all, it was very seamless in like, literally, I, I remember looking at her and she looked at me and, um, like her hands just like, like going down on me, I suppose, like just like, seamlessly going underneath the bag. I didn't even feel like she was put off by it at all. And in terms of like actually doing it, I, I can't even recall like at one point, um, the bag really interfering any way at all and if like upon reflecting on it like i pre prior to coming on and recording and talking um i was telling you about um just like the overall experience which there was a point where um a little bit down the track when we were having sex again and the bag was a little bit full and she said to me she's like do you want to go empty it and i'm like oh yeah like i can she's like oh you don't have to if you don't want to but like i think that was my like the vibe where I got from her was like, can you please go empty it? She was just being really nice about it. And um, so I just went out and emptied it, took two minutes, came back and just got back to business and that was it, you know, sort of thing. And 
Um, I think all the very, like, the misconceptions about having a bag and sex associate with, like, what if the bag falls off and the poo falls on the girl or something like that? And it's like, well, if you've made sure that you've put on your bag right and it's emptied, um, and I suppose if you want to have a conversation, then um, you, you're going to have no issues. Like, you can just go for your life. And in terms of positions, I have not encountered one position that you can or can't do, I suppose. Um, it's all about just communicating. Like, I literally, like, as silly as it sounds, like, why why aren't we having more... Like, why aren't people telling each other, like, what they like and don't like? And I think with yeah. a bag, it's like, you need to have a conversation at some point. You know? Yeah. we. I think that's probably, like, the most quoted thing on this show <laughs> is, like, communicate! But, yeah, we all find it so hard. And interesting you say that thing about people, the misconception about people worrying about shit getting everywhere. I'm like, hello, isn't that just sex? Like, well, don't yeah. you know, people have anal sex and obviously people prepare for that, but there's certain types of sex that you'll have where, like, that could just happen. It's just, like, bodily fluids. It's bodily you know fluids. I mean? It's just sex. It's just sex. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And I love that this is something that you're so open about on TikTok because, you know, I've kind of got that brain where my I can easily talk about sex because of my job, but mm. some people find it really hard and you do it so publicly on TikTok. I, How's that journey been for you? And, like, what kind of response do you get from, from people? People love it. Yeah. And I think because there's, it's I have an interesting – I have a stomach and it's like everyone's immediately interested by that. But then there's like this thing where we just spoke about like, why, why aren't we talking more about sex? It's so normal. It's And I think it's like, okay, it's it's probably more of a thing you have with the person you're in the room with rather than just openly talking about it. But um, I don't know. I don't, more dudes, I don't know why dudes aren't talking about sex and things like that because like we all do it. We all want it, I suppose. Um, And just me getting my stoma, it was like the first thing, like literally the first thing that I thought about, like, fuck, how am I going to have sex again? Like, you know. Exactly. (laughs) The insecurities, and this is a cross for everyone, no matter what they're going through. Like the insecurity is so rife with sex. Like people just automatically go there straight away. They're like, what if this happens? What if if they don't like this? What if I don't know what to do? What if they think I'm bad? Blah, 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 blah. But then like you said in your experience, like sometimes in the moment it just happens and you're like, oh no, Mm. like humans were just meant to do this. And and, like, I, I suppose like, Look, I'm no pro. Like, you know, I, I think like we all have, we all, we're all learning, we're all trying to get better and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, and I think I have to figure out my body again. And, and um, I think a way for me to figure out my body again is just be by me talking about it, you know. And I am, I think it's weird in getting the stoma. Most people would think like they would go into their shell and retreat and not want to talk and share about their stuff. But for me, it's like, well, I can do that or I can just go and try and make the most of it because there are probably people out there that want to do it, but they're too scared to do it. And I'm like, well, if you're all, all too scared to do it, then I'm prepared to do it, you know? And I think I do it in a way, I suppose, that's very casual and very, like, fun and um, all that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I suppose I'm just very comfortable talking about sex because, like, I, I've never met a person that doesn't think about it, doesn't, like, you know, want to experience it in some way. I, I love that so much. And, yeah, it's obviously been working, you know, in your favour. People really... Uh, connecting with you, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that's people who are who have similar, um, you know, like Crohn's disease or they have similar things that they can relate to or if it's just people mm. who are curious and just like someone talking about sex. And I think we've seen that now, like, you know, TikTok is when this airs, like TikTok will be flying you to New York and mm-hmm. you'll be having this huge trip. Mm. And, yeah, it's just really exciting, Harrison. And, um, yeah, I guess like for the last kind of question – to wrap this up would be like, what is your advice for anyone listening who maybe does not, not necessarily live with some sort of disability, but someone who might have something that they feel quite insecure about or when it comes to dating and sex? 
Yeah, and look, I said before, like I think you can you can retreat in your shell, and that's that's so okay. And I think you're entitled to do that because going going through whatever it is you're going through, like um, a disability, um, like a medical condition, is like as we said at the start, it's exhausting. But every day, I like to think does get a little bit better. And the more you open up and want to have conversations about it, um, I don't know, it can feel encouraging to connect with people. And I think, I suppose, my main p- platform being TikTok, it's unique in that, like, you never know who you're going to reach. Um, and every single day that I open the app, I'm learning and seeing people of all, with all different types of things. And it's um, it's exciting. Um, match, I'm matching and talking to people that live in America or Europe or Argentina and things like that. And um, I think it's, yeah, part of how I've learned to accept my condition um, in seeing people that, yeah, just randomly DM me being like, my boyfriend's got this. Thank you for, you know, I've shown him some of your TikToks and he feels a little bit better and things like that. Or like I had like at the very start, I had this, this, this girl from Canada who messaged me and she said like her mom was like a part of like the, the Crohn's like, community there, like a, a very big advocate of, of it. And she passed away like a few, a few years before. And she's like, my mom would be like, would love what you post. And I'm like, holy shit, like, you know, so you never know who it's going to reach. And I, I think, um, yeah, if, if, if you can find an outlet to like make yourself feel better or, you know, like, I I don't really know where I'm going, but like, I think, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, whether that's reaching out to you or connecting with people Hmm. online or just, you know, putting yourself in community to think community is such a huge word that gets thrown around, but you know, whether that's like Facebook groups or connecting with people like yourself influencers or people who are advocates or whatever it is mm. and, and reaching out and having those conversations and, and chatting to like-minded people, like that's where you'll probably feel less alone and um, less insecure about stuff that you're going through because you have people who reflect the same experience as you. And it, Yeah, definitely. And I think um, social media is unique in like, I don't know, like a large portion of people that use TikTok, for example, are the quite like younger people. And, I, and I'm probably just generalizing with um, like, having stomas in the ostomy community and like the the overall messages that were being presented are like generally from like like on on their instagram accounts like a lot of the big companies are using like older folks and this is no hate towards older folks because i think like their 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 stories and things like that are always valid but i think for someone like me that is in their 20s i don't want to be getting stories and things like and learning about their experiences from someone at 60 70 years old like it's going to be valuable in like that time but like I want to be hearing and talking about sex from people that are my own age, you know? So um, Facebook groups are great, but I think if you're a young person and want to get information yeah. from like, try and go, go, go on TikTok and try and 100%. find what's there, you know? 100%. Oh, Harrison, this has been such a nice chat. Thank you so much. It's been so informative for me, but yeah, hopefully for like everyone listening as well. Thank you for having me. How bloody great is Harrison? Uh, if you want to go have a look at his TikTok, you can find him at Harrison Kefford. So H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-K-E-F-F-O-R-D. Uh, obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so it's not a visual thing. Um, you can see a lot of his posts about, you know, his stoma bag, who shows you it, what it looks like, but also he does fit checks as well. He shows how he dresses himself and talks heaps about, like we've been saying, his dating and sex life. So, yeah, you should definitely go and check him out. And yeah, hope you enjoyed and learned something from that conversation. And if there's anything that you want to chat about, uh, you can DM us at Triple J The Hook.
look up or maybe there's someone else that you've seen on TikTok or you're a huge fan and you'd love us to maybe interview them for you, uh, you can also, yeah, let us know. You can email us, thehookup at abc.net.au. Okay, I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.